Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining us here at our Joining Myself Here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first bless, thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and giving me the activities of my limbs. I've been under the weather this week, last week, not feeling good, not feeling good today. But I am going to press my way, and I'm going to let it do what it do. So, again, I'm still trying to send the information out on Facebook, but apparently this thing is taking forever. It's still, like, showing that it's still trying to post stuff. I don't know what's going on with that. So today, and um, as we know, we woke up to the news this morning of the passing of COVID pile, COVID piles due to, I think, oh, God, due to COVID-19. And uh, many of us know him as a very honorable, respectable man. And um, I want to offer my condolences to his family, and um, may he rest in peace. And with COVID, there's a lot of individuals that are succumbing to COVID and with the symptoms of COVID. I myself, I need to go get a COVID test, which I'm going to order one today, because I am not feeling good at all. But um, today is, like I said, October the 18th, and I also want to give honor to my mother and my grandmother for their birthday yesterday. So I did go to the cemetery, made sure I put flowers on their grave for that. But many of you may not be aware, but the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Now, with COVID, a lot of individuals may have either neglected or just didn't think about going to get their annual mammogram. And I want to say, even myself, we need to make sure we do that. Because with breast cancer awareness, many individuals are not aware of some of the signs and the symptoms that can occur when individuals basically have symptoms of breast cancer. And I want you to know that breast cancer not only affects men, I mean women, it can also affect men as well. And a lot of individuals are not even aware of that. So as I was getting the information together for the show, and it indicates that breast cancer is one of the most common cancers affecting women all over the the world. And of all cancers related to death among women, breast cancer accounts for 12% of these deaths in the U.S. This also means that about 88% of all deaths are cancer-related among women if not related to breast cancer. So learning the risk and ways to reduce the risk it's always the best way of trying to prevent breast cancer and improving your health. Now, I've sent this information out to my auntie. She says she's going to be calling later because many of you that know me know that my mom succumbed to breast cancer at age 59 in 2008. And when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, she really didn't even know what it was. She really had no idea. And I always tell the story of when she called me and told me that she had the C word. I'm like, what's the C word? You crippin'? What, what do you mean you got the C word? And she took it like a, a Trojan, and she never really looked like she was sick the whole time. And it's crazy because even when I see people that I haven't seen in a long time, they always say, how's your mom doing? What's like, what's going on? I'd be like, my mother's know she passed away. And some individuals find that very, very hard to believe. Now, I will never forget when my mother kept complaining about being in a great deal of pain. And I told my mother, I said, Mom, you need to find out what stage you're in because I was doing a lot of research, looking up information, trying to find and educate myself about breast cancer 
because even though she was diagnosed before me, I had a cancer policy, and I've had a cancer policy over 20 years. So if you don't have one, I'm not advertising it, but get you an AFLAC policy because I did that years, years ago. So, but with that being said, I did it so just in case I did get sick and I had to take time off from work, that I would have the financial means to be able to do so and still be able to take care of my responsibilities is what I was thinking when I did it, only for my mom to later be diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, like I said, when she told me, when I, she kept complaining about her pain, and I told my mom, I said, Mom, you may need to ask your doctor what stage you're in. And this woman called me and told me, I went, I saw my doctor, and my doctor told me I'm stage four. If I look this good at stage four, I can't wait to get to stage five. I was like, really? <laughs> you ain't no stage five. It literally broke my heart when I had to tell my mother that there was no stage five. I think she was mad at me, the doctors, the world, and everybody else. Because after that, my mother had me go to a doctor's appointment with her. And if those of you that know my mama, y'all know, my, my mama cussed that woman out. I felt bad for that woman after my mother got finished tongue lashing her and the people that was in the doggone waiting room waiting to get their chemo. But the thing is, I realized that my mother was very afraid. She was afraid. Her ignorance, she didn't know. She didn't She didn't want to stop drinking. So there was a lot of different things that played a role in it. So we definitely, definitely, as African-American and women, we do have to take care of ourselves and get our routine mammogram. Now, if you want to call in and join in on the show, give me a call, 516 387 because I took me some, some um, day so I don't know how long I'm going to be able to talk today because, like I said, my body is not feeling the best, and um, I'm just letting it do what it do before I stick a cough drop in my mouth because my throat is sore, too, before I start sneezing and coughing. Now, I'm looking at some information, and I wanted to share this information as it relates to breast cancer awareness. And some would say, you know what, we've been talking about this for so long. You know, every year we're talking about individuals that are passing away of cancer. You know, I see all these different emojis about F cancer, cancer this, cancer that. But part of it is an awareness. Hey, Gilda, I see you out there. Now, we start talking about the breast cancer awareness, it says, is there any, is there an alternative to having a mammogram? You know what? I will get to that later because there's other ways that you can also do your own self-exam. You know, they say for women that are menstruating to every month to check up under their armpits for lymph nodes and feel around your breast for lumps. And there's different ways you can tell also around your nipples if something is not right. Now, Andrea, I see, I don't like them machines either. I think that they need to have another way of doing it because them machines be cold, they squeeze your breath, and that hurts. And I got beachy cheese, you know, that hurts. So, you know, I don't know about an alternative to mammograms other than a self-exam, but I do know based on my experience, because I know when my mom was diagnosed, I kept trying to get them to give me a mammogram and they told me I had to wait till I was 40 years old. And when I went to go get the mammogram, they said that I had breast cancer too. But it was benign. So I've had it for years. I had to keep going back. I got all kind of 
little gadgets and gadgets where they would see something and it disappear and or they'll seal something and it'd be gone. I'll never forget the time when they really thought that I had it and I went, I got the mammogram, I got the ultrasound, and I got the biopsy. And when I went to go get the results of my biopsy, I took my daughter with me and I went into the room with the doctor and I'm just waiting on him to give me that news so I can go catch my athlete chick and go to the casino because that's my favorite place to go whenever I'm stressed out. So I um, went in the room and the man said to me, Miss Abney, what we saw we no longer see. I said, so you mean I can go home with my kids? The man thought I was crazy. My daughter did too. But the thing was, so many individuals have experienced whether they've had to have their breasts removed or, you know, the different types of things, which I'm waiting on my auntie to come tell her story because she said that was her way of getting a tummy took when she was able to get her um, breasts done. And um, I have another aunt that also had um, breast cancer, and she survived. Now, with the month of October, like I said, being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they have a lot of annual campaigns and you know, they do their best to try to put a lot of information out there so that people can gain a sense of awareness about the impact of breast cancer. There's a young lady that used to do my hair, Bridget, and I really hope Bridget calls in because Bridget also lost her mother to breast cancer, and I've been reading some of the posts that she wrote, and I think now she has it too. And she and I both also have lupus. So I'll never forget when I used to go get my hair done with her. And I, till this day, she would tell me I couldn't put no dye in my hair. So I'm getting my little grades because I can't dye it. And she would tell me I couldn't get no perm. And I used to be like, I want a perm. I want a perm. She'd be like, no, you lucky to even have hair. So you are not getting a perm. So I'll never forget that when I used to go get my hair done in Compton with Bridget. She stayed on me about that. Because sometimes people don't realize, you know, losing their hair. And I know my mother was very vain. So her being vain, she did not like the fact that her hair fell out. She really didn't. Now, I'm looking at an article, and it talks about that the past years have posed challenge about everything and even breast cancer prevention. And there's no exception. And although we saw setbacks in screening and early detection, they are rising together to try to, you know, bridge that challenge because with COVID, and a lot of individuals are doing, um, going to the doctor via telemedicine, a lot of individuals have either skipped their mammograms or just didn't even think about it. And like I said, if you're like me and you got AFLAG, you get a, um, a check for even going to get your regular mammogram so they reimburse you for it. So please, please, please make sure you educate yourself and find out the symptoms. And there is support out there, and there's resources out there. And, you know, and women, we got to take care of ourselves. We really got to take care of ourselves. And there's a lot of things that you can do to spread the word about breast cancer. And also you can donate because every dollar matters, whether you're funding a mammogram, supporting education, or helping reach women in undeserved, uh, underserved communities, your donations matter. So there's a lot that we can do because a lot of times individuals say that they can't afford it or, you know, out of fear, but at least get the exam done just to make sure because early prevention can save your life. It definitely, definitely can. Now, 
I'm looking for some other information that I have on here. Like I said, my little um, Facebook stuff is, is still kind of like posting, which don't make no sense, but that's okay. Now, we started talking about breast cancer. And if you are affected by breast cancer, there are people that are there to support you and that you can go and you can talk to. Because, like I said, every October, people from all over the world show their support everywhere to individuals that are affected by breast cancer. And one of the things that they do is they focus on accelerating research and by providing vital support in every way they can, even all year round. But the month of October, they're more committed to showing you that no matter who you are or whatever your experience, breast cancer, breast cancer, a preference, they're always with you. Because I know that that was one of the things that my mother didn't want to do. She didn't want to do the groups. She didn't want to do no support groups. She didn't want to do nothing. I was trying to get her to go to the um, American Cancer Association. She didn't want to do that. I'm just like, really? She was just so stubborn. And like I said, and part of it was because she was afraid. And she didn't know what to do. She really didn't. But you have to learn the signs. And, Adria, I am going to get back to finding out if there is an alternative. So I hope that if somebody call in that's in the medical field of what that they have going on in regards to research and um, the different types of tools that they can use now to help answer your question. Now, signs and symptoms to be aware of after primary breast cancer, because being diagnosed with breast cancer, secondary breast cancer can quickly, could basically, it could have saved a lot of times people's lives, but sometimes individuals go through depression, they can go through anxiety, they can have difficulties in their relationships, you know, their self-esteem. It can do a lot of different things, but you want to spot the signs and symptoms of secondary breast cancer early. Now, I'm looking at something, and they talked about even in the U.K., they asked individuals to share their experience, which one of the things that I wanted you guys to do was call in. If you have lost someone to breast cancer or you yourself have had symptoms or signs or been diagnosed with breast cancer, I know one of my old neighbors, Revia, she was sharing, she lost her daughter, to breast cancer, and I think part of it, if I'm not mistaken, her daughter was pregnant and didn't want to start the treatment until after she had the baby, and I believe she passed away, you know, right after or even during childbirth. So I hope that she do call in, so really call in, you can share with your daughter what happened with JoJo, because, um, you know, people need to hear this, and these are people that we know, people that grew up in our neighborhood people that we've known for years that have been affected by this deadly disease. And I'm not going to say deadly disease because everybody don't die. They really don't. And, Andrea, thank you, too. Thank you. Like I said, girl, I am sick of the dog, but I have tried my best. <laughs> now, one of the things that they did when they did this survey, and they said that nearly one in four respondents who had previously been treated for breast cancer had to visit their general practitioner three or four more times with symptoms before being diagnosed with the return and the spread of the disease. I think that's what happened to my mom. Well, my mother, I'll never forget, her cancer went into total remission. They thought it was a miracle. They could not figure out how her cancer went into remission. 
but she had what's called that her two new genes. When that her two new genes hit her, Lord, it kicked her butt when it came back. And she wasn't expecting it to come back, but it came back in the walls of her breast and her lymph nodes. So there wasn't nothing she could do about that. And she got tired of going through the treatment. She got she got tired of it. Now, a prompt diagnosis means that individuals can begin treatment and access supportive care as quickly as possible. So you don't want to play with this because timely access to treatment and care can relieve symptoms and have a dramatic impact on one's quality of life. Now, that's huge what I said, the quality of life, meaning how are you going to live your life. Now, with the signs and symptoms of recurrence and secondary breast cancer, because there have been individuals that have had cancer more than once, and they lived and they caught it again, and, you know, so these things have to have happened. And like I said earlier, and it's not only with women because men can also have it too. Now, I want to give out some general symptoms, and many symptoms of secondary breast cancers are similar to those conditions. And some general symptoms that breast cancer may can spread include feeling constantly tired, constant nausea, meaning feeling sick, unexplained weight loss and loss of appetite. I tell an individual, I don't care what's wrong with me. Ain't nothing going to stop my appetite. I'm sick of the dog now, but I ate me a burrito. So, <laughs> so I'll let nothing stop me from eating. Now, the signs that breast cancer has spread to the bone, and that's huge because that was one of the things that I know my mom experienced, was the cancer went to her brain and it went in her bone. And when that happened, it was a mess. Now, we have a, client, a person calling in right now. Uh, I just... Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. I'm here. How are you? You know what? I am so sick right now. I don't know what the heck is going I'm, on. But I don't know what it is either. I mean, I'm feeling the same way. I'm like having um, problems with my stomach and I'm constantly going to the bathroom about every five minutes and it's just, I'm doing a whole complete body cleanse. Um, like, I know um, I do it probably once a year, but I haven't did this for like probably two years now. Mm-hmm. And oh, no, it's some kind of virus was, um, going on. First, my dog was sick. Then I got sick. No, Tony got sick first. Then I got sick, and I'm just like, ooh, well, I'm sitting up here now about to put a uh, uh, cough drop in my mouth because my throat is sore. I'm gagging up, mucus. I'm like, the devil is a liar. I refuse to be sick. But I just did in the bed just sweating for days, just sweating. Now, I know you sent me a text message and you said that you had been diagnosed previously before with breast cancer. What was your experience? Yes, that's with correct. What was that? What was your experience with breast cancer? Um, I was, um, in a toxic relationship and, um, at the point I didn't really care. I kept on getting bruises on my back and it was just, I don't know. It was 
to the point where I really didn't care about myself, and I went in to the doctor, and the doctor took, had me take my shirt off, and um, they did a, a breast exam, and when they did a breast exam, um, they found some tumors inside my breast. And I was, like, totally, completely in denial. No, this is not happening to me. No, this is, you know, I just kept ignoring it. And I was, I'm I'm a church-going woman. I went up there to the altar almost every single week to go up and pray. And I'd be praying for other people and... We just feel led to pray for you, Sister Nancy. I don't know what's going on. Um, I know there's something wrong with your health and you're not taking care of it. And um, so I finally went in and um, the diagnosis was negative. I I didn't I didn't want to hear it. No, I don't I don't accept this. What do you mean um, it was by stripes, I'm healed. And um, the the tests came out; they were positive for cancer. There was 21 cancer tumors on my left side and 21 cancer tumors on my right side. Mm-hmm. 42 in total. And mm-hmm. um, my brother was dying of cancer, of lung cancer, and um, died in December of 2012 of breast cancer. And um, when he, before he had passed away, he told me, um, he called me by my full name. And that means business when they call you by your full name. You better go and get yourself checked out. There's something wrong with you. So I go in and... Well, look, this ain't answer. You know what's I, interesting? You said it was a male. Most individuals are not aware that men can have breast cancer. They think yeah, my uncle, of- my uncle, he served in um, Vietnam. He he served in the um, Army and um, did 21-plus years in the military. And um, he got Agent Orange, and yeah. um, it turned it turned into leukemia, and then um, he had got diagnosed again with men's breast cancer. And with that being said, um, it was um, just difficult for me to wrap my mind around, like, there's something wrong with me. I'm not feeling good. Um, I was gaining weight, and um, the doctor had me on um, steroids, and I was like, well, this one don't make no never mind sense. Why am I on this? And I'm gaining weight, but I'm feeling nauseous, and I couldn't. I was even though I wasn't hardly eating anything, I was gaining weight. I got up to 650 pounds by um, December of 2015. As soon pounds. as I got, as soon as I got off. All those medications the doctor had me on. Wow. Um, December 2018, the Thursday before Christmas, the first Thursday before Christmas, um, I went in to go get um, 
the operation done. They called, I went in in November. And then when I went in for November, I was in prayer and I was fasting that everything would um, come out on the result, whether Mm -hmm. it was good or bad. And that God prepared me, that he would brace me. And I was so, I was so distraught. I was like, no, this is, I'm, I'm not going to go through this. I'm not, God, if it comes out to be cancer, I'm praying that I don't have to go through radiation. I'm praying that I don't have to go through chemotherapy. I'm praying that they don't have to cut my chest, um, Mm -hmm. cut my breast off. You know, one of the things I want to say. Everything came in as a miracle, Miss Jeanette. I didn't have to go through chemotherapy. I didn't have to go through radiation. I didn't have to get my breast cut off. And one miracle after another miracle, and just I went through it by myself. I went to church this the Sunday, and my pastor goes, "What, what in the H hockey sticks are you doing here?" He said, "The, the whole world yeah. are you doing here?" I said, "I need to be around family." And I put my foot down, and I'm not leaving this church because I need to be around family. I'm in a despaired, depressed mode where I can hear that voice tell me, you're not worth it, just kill yourself. And it was just suicide sitting right there. I would not, I was, I remained determined, relentless, and kept myself focused on my faith in God and knew, I knew that when I go, went back in January, they were going to um, determine if I'm if I was going to need radiation and chemotherapy. January came up. I go in um, the third Monday. I think it was um, January 21st or something like that. And I go in there, and they said, "Oh no, we don't have to put you through all this stuff." Um, we did your test. Everything's cleared. We we did a clean sweep inside, and so I did. Like, okay, God, thank you, thank you, Lord. Well, and you know, and the thing is, Nancy, we know that sometimes that's not always the case, because it got to be God's will, you know. So I wouldn't tell nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayer works. Prayer can change things, but by that same token, sometimes we'll be mad at God. They'd be mad at the doctors. They'd be mad at the whole world when these things happen. And, um, you know, like I said, my mother's cancer went into total remission, but then it came back. And one of the things was she just didn't change her attitude. And when you've been diagnosed with something like that, your attitude is very important. They say your attitude determines your altitude. And, see, I always would laugh. And even with me having lupus, I, I enjoy my life. I don't sit there for feel for myself, but I know that some individuals will grieve. They go through the denial. They go through the anger. They go through the bargaining. They go through the acceptance, and then you got the guilt, and then you have the hope. But it's something that, you know, a lot of times individuals are just not prepared for. And I want to say, Andrea, thank you. I've never tried the um, the um, tried what you just put on there, the Mucinex, but I did buy me some day quill and some night quill, and I got some cough drops, and I got some vitamin C, and I got a bag of vitamins, and because um, I'm, I'm gonna go get this together because. I ain't gonna be down like this. This is ridiculous. Um, you you need to get yourself some pineapple juice and turmeric powder. Oh, 
I got some turmeric some- powder. You take about one or two tablespoons of turmeric, put it in an eight ounce glass of pineapple juice. You you um mix it up really good, and then you drink it. It's gonna taste terrible. Anything that's good for you I, tastes I do, terrible. I, 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 so I'm, 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 drink I'm, it fast. I, I got a bag full of vitamins, but ooh, Lord Jesus, I am just like. At least I don't have a body ache today. Yesterday, my body was hurting so bad. Even water hurt my body. Just anything that touched me just hurt. So getting back to some of the things that we're talking about in regards to research. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different tech things have changed. You know, they're, they're steady trying to find ways of, of basically um, trying to help educate individuals with this, this disease. And like I said, contact the Cancer Association. Now, one of my ex-husbands was just here recently because he had been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he was going to do a treatment here in California, and then he went back to go to get it done in Mississippi. Because sometimes, depending on where you're at, some individuals are limited to information than, than most other places, you know, depending on where you live. So knowledge is hope. Because every day spent researching breast cancer is an opportunity to find new ways to prevent diagnose and treat individuals to live well with the disease. And they rely on the hope that our research brings and the hope that can prepare for a better future of individuals that are diagnosed with breast cancer because, like I said, it's not something that people look forward to. People, you know, individuals don't want to, you know, like I said, my mother was very, very vain. She didn't want her hair to be falling out. She didn't want to be walking around with one breath. She She just, oh, my God, she was just a hot mess. But she survived it. She survived it and then succumbed to it years later. I think one of the hardest things that I had to do, Nancy, I'll never forget my mother had me go to Inglewood Park Cemetery with her and make her funeral arrangements. Good people thought we was crazy. And it's like, how you going to make your funeral arrangement you ain't even deceased? But as a daughter, I went. Now, I want to share some information. And it talks about 10 symptoms of breast cancer because how would you know? Tumors that originate in the breast tissues can indicate the development of breast cancer, although several types of breast cancer lumps are benign. So just because you got the lumps doesn't mean that you have it because it can't be benign. That was the problem with me. It was benign. And what happened is the disease is the most common in women but can also occur in men. So catching any cancer, including breast cancer, as early as possible gives the medical professionals and the patient the best chance to slow or eradicate the disease. So recognizing the symptoms, again, of breast cancer can help prompt the diagnosis. Now, one of the things that some people find is a lump in the breast. That's the most common. And the symptom of breast cancer, most people, individuals, often hear about the discovery of a lump in the breast. This lump can be small, soft, or feel like a hard knot in the tissue, while the lump in the breast are common, but not always the sign of tumor growth. If they persist to grow, the, it is best to speak with a medical professional, and sometimes the lump cannot be felt until the cancer has developed into its later stages. And sometimes small growth not felt in the palpitation can also show up in the mammogram. That's why mammograms are so important. Now, a painless heart mass with an irregular edge is most likely to be cancer. It's the way they look at the shapes of it. Now, when we start talking about this, just the one side. Another way that they um, 
they go into, because I'm looking at this article. Oh, Lord, I can't even breathe. <clears throat> when, when they talk about some of the signs is, like I said, the leakage of your breast is another one, because some individuals are getting um, fluid coming out. Um, some individuals, like I said, they start feeling a little lip nose. Now, I want to share with you, Nancy, what was your, I know you said that you got a lot of support from your church. How was your doctor's, what was your doctor's attitude? Or how did you perceive my doctor was, my doctor, my doctor was a Christian, and the, and the nurse was a Christian, and they said, this is the first time I've ever seen this before. Uh-huh. Um, you are a miracle. Are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I am. That explains why the gro- the tumors stopped growing. That's that um, I was having leakage coming out of my, my breast, and I was like, this thing doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And um, they said that um, I had had it for a while and that they backtracked it all the way back to 2012. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I do anything about it then? And I said I was on a mission to to go on and be with my mom and – they said no. Your time's oh. not up yet. You your, know what? That you, there is your story is not done. I want to talk to you about that right quick, Nancy. Some individuals, and that's why I was waiting on my auntie to call in. Do I wonder if some individuals have survivor's guilt? Because there are some individuals that have survived breast cancer, and some individuals have basically succumbed to breast cancer, and some may not realize how traumatic that can be. And if there's what's called survival guilt. Now, of course, no one wants to lose their life. No one wants to die and and have that be the cause of the death. But did you deal with some guilt of, you know what, it didn't happen to me? I deal with that on a daily basis. Okay, what do you mean by that? Um, Surviving breast cancer and being run over and thinking, well, you know, I'm able to walk, and there's so many people that was that was run over the same way, and they got killed, and it's like, wow, okay, you know, I'm living by a fire department, and every time a siren goes by, I pray for the person, whoever they have to go pick up. I don't know who it is. I pray for the paramedics, and I pray, pray for the firemen and the police officers because you don't know what you're going to encounter when you arrive at a scene. One of the things that I want to share, because I just Googled it when I said the survivors get a breast cancer, because I want to share, and this is coming from healthvine.com, and it says six tips that can help individuals cope with breast cancer survival's guilt. Now, recovery and survivorship are complicated, but every day it gets easier. And I always tell people, it just wasn't your time. It was not your time. It was not God's will for it to take you out. But this article indicates that after facing breast cancer in their 20s, they're grateful to be alive, but they're also grieving the ones that have been lost to the disease. Now, it's impossible to understand why others survive and some don't because we don't know, and the thought makes individuals angry, sad, and even embarrassed. Survival guilt can present itself in a variety of ways. Some individuals experience flashbacks and anxiety. When reminded of someone that they've lost, I remember my mom, 
would go to the doctor's office and get mad at people. She would get mad at old people, like, well, why they get to live and I got to die? Or why, and I used to be like, Mom, why are you thinking like that? That's just ugly. But that was just how she felt. Now, another thing is others experience a constant feeling of guilt that seems to invade their daily lives. Now, survivor's guilt appears during a major milestone when they remember that it could have been them next. Now, how to cope with it is, one, you have to embrace life after survival. And here's six tips. Feel all the feelings. The more an individual suppress or ignore their emotions, the more control that emotion will have over them. Addressing your feelings directly can lead to self-acceptance. It is okay to feel grief, fear, and sadness alongside guilt for surviving a shared traumatic experience. And this can sometimes feel overwhelming. So if you find yourself flooded with emotions, take a moment to pause and breathe. You know, I like listening to gospel music, and you know when that song, It Could Have Been Me, when they tried to be the commonplace, kind of confusion, people, girl, it could have been me. So, again, often, especially when processing a trauma, it can feel safer to share your difficult feelings in the presence of a licensed mental health professional. So seek help. Go talk to somebody if your guilt is overwhelming you. Because grief and guilt can often feel overwhelming, and it is important to seek help if you're struggling. Speaking to a mental health professional has been essential for individuals while they navigate their survivorship when they lost another loved one to cancer, and they can lean on family members for the support. You know, like I said, sometimes going to church, but the problem is in church, there, a lot of individuals are not professionals in church, spiritual, but they're not therapists. They're not, you know, some are not doctors. And if they are, that would be a dual relationship. So you want the support, you want the prayer, but by that same token, you still got to seek another person to go talk to And also, put yourself in their shoes. As a survivor, it's easy to tell yourself a false narrative, like believing the person you lost wouldn't want you to carry on without them. And I know with my auntie, she survived and my mother didn't. And they kind of had it around the same time, and it was around the same time. They thought I had it too, so all three of us were going through this. And like I said, and I didn't have it. They find it helpful to consider how one would feel if the roles were reversed meaning I would feel the roles, if there is verse, I would want them to find joy, fulfill their dreams, and remember the other person. Try to reframe your thoughts by imagining what they would want for you. And that one is very difficult to do. And, you know, Nancy, that's why I always honor my mother, talk about my mother, keep her memories alive, you know, because I know that's what she would want me to do, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But by that same token, that's how you let them know that you haven't forgot about them. Another thing is reframe the if only. You know, a lot of times people beat themselves up over the past. But after losing someone, it is common to reflect on the past with a sense of regret. It is easy to think, if only I had called more, if only I had gone back, if only I had, but in reality, we can't control some of those things, and we did our best, and sometimes that may not be good enough. So sometimes we have to reframe our thought process, reframe our words, and do something kind for someone else. 
If you're struggling with survivor's guilt, it means you're empathetic and kind. While you can't change the past, you can repurpose your guilt into acts of kindness. And you can feel fulfilled by giving back to breast cancer community, and you can help in the process by, like I said, by spreading the word. You can go to convalescent hospital. You can, there's a lot of different things you can do to try to give back to individuals that are going through. Anything else you want to share with the listeners, Nancy, as it relates to how to cope with survivor's guilt? Nancy? Okay, I don't know what happened to you. I also want to share, because I know that some individuals have had cancer, go in remission, and come back. Now, this article talks about five tips for coping with the fear of breast cancer recurrence, because a lot of people don't want to go through that again. It's like when my um, was asking about the mammogram. I can't stand the machines. They need a heater on that machine. I'm like, can you just take a picture of the breast? Why you got to put your breast on that machine? They got to smash that. That hurts. So they, got, they need to find a better way to do that. Now, the fear of breast cancer recurrence is common among survivors, but it doesn't have to control your life meaning some individuals live in fear. For many breast cancer survivors, the fear of reoccurrence can be an all-encompassing way. But if you feel the guilt for this, you want to make sure that you are grateful for your health, live your life, and gratitude can, can go a long way. Because you don't want to start thinking about, you know, well, what if it come back or it's going to come back. And don't do that to yourself. But one Normalize your fear. Unfortunately, fear is a part of the journey. It's perfectly normal that you're feeling this way. In fact, fear means that you care about your life and that you do have hope for the life ahead. And it's possible you're feeling the emotions you push to the side during the treatment. Because a lot of times, <coughs> like I said, People stuff their feelings. They, they, they fear. I used humor to get me through what I had to go through. And ask for support. You don't have to go through this alone. I was my mother's support system. My mother would call me in the morning, in the night. She would call me at freaking 10 o'clock at night. Talk about, I sure wish I had some neck bones. You know, good and well, they ain't got no neck bones in Oceanside. I would have to drive all the way from Oceanside to Compton, which was 84 miles from her door to my door, just to go cook up some greens, net bones, and fry some chicken. So she would do it to me, fish next door, and my auntie. She would have us all cooking the same thing. And then she wouldn't even eat the food. We would be running around like little puppies trying to make her happy. <clears throat> After she would have us running around like chickens with our head cut off, someone what she wanted. But we was her support system. So... <laughs> Again, you don't have to go through this alone. Finding ways to bond against the fear together can make it more manageable. Rather than having individual balance against the fear, which can promote isolation. Now, Nancy, I don't know if you're still there. Are you still there, Nancy? Because you look like you're still on the screen, but I don't hear you. But I want to know if you isolated yourself. Okay? Nancy's still not saying nothing. <laughs> because sometimes what individuals do is they isolate themselves. I know my mother, uh, good Lord, my mother didn't want people coming to her house. 
Twitter want people seeing her sometimes when she wasn't feeling good. She would just shut everything down. Sometimes she would just sit in the house, wouldn't even open the blinds. And I would just have to do drive-bys. I would just have to pop up just to make sure she was okay because she would isolate herself. But creating connection with people with similar experiences, either in the person or in person or virtually, because now we have Zoom, which goes a long way, it may help to strengthen your relationship with family and friends by alleviating some of the emotional burden that they've been carrying from not knowing how to support you. So if your loved ones are worrying that you're overreacting, they should understand that the survivor is sometimes operating from a lens of trauma, and that is a whole other way of looking at it. It's a traumatic experience that people experience when they have a near-death experience. Also, continue being proactive about medical care. If you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, and even if you went into recovery, please make sure that you continue to follow up with the doctor's recommendations and continue to take care of yourself and reduce your stress. Just reduce your stress. Because it can be tempting to want to bury your head in the sand and never visit another doctor's office again out of fear. And after that long battle with cancer, but keeping up with your doctor's appointment, including your medical visits, you may have to put the side um, during treatment. It's very important. As you likely already know, early detection is key. Catching it when it's early. And Andrea Harris, yeah, I was there. And I'm thinking this is the same Andrea, no, I'm thinking of Angela Harris that I grew up with that was related to the Polydors. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think it is. But, um, yeah. Now, when we start talking about visiting your doctor after surviving cancer treatment, can bring back a flood of memories, and you may not be prepared for it. But you're going to have to deal with it. Like they say, if he can bring you to it, he can bring you through it. Don't be afraid. Don't operate in fear, but acknowledge it. And regain a sense of control over your body. Cancer can make you feel like your body is betraying you, like it's not your own. An excellent way to regain a sense of control is through diet and exercise. And I tell people, reduce your stress. People don't realize how stress plays a role in people's lives, especially with cancer. If you're sick and your immune system is already weak, I, that's who you are. I know who you are. How handy look. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen you in years. You used to hang out with Penny. Okay, Andrea, now I know who you are. Okay. <clears throat> so, yes. Now, whether you had a mastectomy or not, your body is different now than it was before the cancer. So you can also do things like yoga, you know, walking a lot. you got to do things to try to help you stay more grounded. And always be sure to clear any physical activity with your doctor before beginning a new exercise. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Don't be mad at your doctor because you've been diagnosed with an illness. Communicate with your doctor to try to find ways to continue to live because that's very, very important. And mindfulness also, and mindfulness therapy, is simply paying attention on purpose in the present moment without judgment. 
So you start getting in touch with who you are. And this may sound kind of taboo, but focus on enjoying your life. A lot of individuals, when they've been told that they have some type of illness or such as cancer, they're so busy thinking about death, they kind of stop living. But focus on enjoying your life. Sometimes after treatment, you may be feeling stuck, like you don't remember what life was like before the diagnosis. And cancer was able to guide so much of your life during the treatment. And now that it's out of your body, some individuals don't want to continue to give us the power to guide it through even though it's gone. But that's not the life that you fought for. You get to celebrate now. Celebrate. Rejoice. Find things to do to keep you motivated and going. And a lot of times individuals don't know how to do that. And that's why, like I said, tell your story. Tell your testimony. Let people know you got through this. It's not like you're bragging. You may be giving somebody hope just by sharing your story. Now, I want to talk about some of the things. It says many people being treated for breast cancer. Some people smoke weed, don't want to tell the doctor. Don't keep secrets from your doctor. Please don't. Because the problem is, Yes, it is painful, but by that same token, you want to make sure that you're communicating with your doctor so your doctor can know how to treat you. Now, I got some information, and it talks about what to know about stage one of breast cancer treatment option, because a lot of times individuals don't know what is the best option for, but educate yourself. Find, get some resources. Like I said, contact the American Cancer Association. There's a lot of places that provide a lot of good information. Now, stage one breast cancer is the earliest stage of invasive breast cancer if treated, and it can have a positive outlook. Now, regular breast cancer screening is the important factor in the detection of stage one cancer. But like most types of cancer, the earlier stage one breast cancer is detected and treated, the better the outcome will likely be. Catch it when it's early. Your diagnosis of this type of breast cancer and medical history are all factors that will determine what type of treatment plan your doctor will develop for you. So be part of the plan. Don't let the plan be made and you ain't got nothing to do with plan. So when we start talking about stage one and what to expect, you want to also look at the resources. Now, with stage one breast cancer, like I said, it's the earliest, but experts divide into stages A1, 1A and 1B, based on the tumor size and the spread of the lymph nodes. To understand these, you want to make sure that you get some information because they can measure the size of the tumor. And I don't want to go into all of this stuff because it's not really necessary, but you want to make sure that you do know that they can measure it to determine the size of the tumor in your breast in regards to how they're going to treat it. Because like I said, sometimes... People talk about they don't want to be treated with radiation and chemo, you know, and there are different types of medication that you can be used to be treated with. But about the tumor grading, you want to make sure that the tumor grading gives an indication of how fast the cancer cells are likely to grow and spread beyond the breast. A higher grade is considered to be more aggressive. And like I said, there are some cancers that is far more aggressive in 
some individuals that in others. And that's one of the things that happens. Like I said, my mother had the the HER2 new, but HER2, and that's a growth promoting protein. Human epidermal growth factor receptacle 2 positive HER2 or human epidermal growth. So, like I said, that happens. Hey, Benny. Benny, you know you can call in, even though I'm talking about breast cancer awareness, because men can also have breast cancer too. So, you know, like I said, there's two types of treatment that individuals can get. Most individuals get the mastectomy and involve the removal of the entire breast. And there are different types that they can do and to do the lymph nodes. And the doctors typically recommend radiation therapy after the lymphopathy. I'm so sorry, I can't even pronounce these words right now because I'm trying not to cough and sneeze. Radiation therapy helps destroy any cancer cells that may have been left behind after the surgery. And this helps lower the chances of the breast cancer coming back. Now, when we start talking about these different things, like I said, in chemo, some individuals do not like chemo. My mother used to say, you said lost a future wife because of, wow, I didn't know that, Benny. You know, a lot of individuals have lost individuals that have succumbed to breast cancer. Now, when we start talking about what chemotherapy is recommended for smaller tumors, if any cancer cells were found in the lymph nodes, your score, your height on the gene test, which shows whether chemotherapy should be best to treat the cancer, and it could likely come back after the surgery. But the cancer cells are uh, one of those things that you want to make sure, like I said, you want to communicate with your doctor. You want to talk. You want to get some research. You want to go get a second opinion. I'm looking at what's called targeted therapy. Now, targeted therapies can be used to treat the HER2-positive breast cancer. These targeted drugs can block or help block the HER2 proteins that the cancer cells need to grow. I don't think that that was available when my mother was alive. Now, targeted therapy may also help boost the effects of chemotherapy. Examples of targeted therapy drugs include two different types of drugs that they have. Now, when we start talking about these treatments, they have what was in the 2020 review that was published in the Journal of Cancer Survivorship found that long-term care plan was key to curbing the impact of cancer treatment and improving the overall wellness of cancer survivors. So, like I said, many individuals have basically um, survived breast cancer than it was before. But when we start talking about to maximize your long-term health and wellness, it is important to stick to the following follow-up care plan that your doctor recommends for you, and it can likely involve doctor visits, hormone therapy, taking bone strengthening agents, breast imaging, pelvic exams, bone density tests, and other tests. Now, other tests that may have imaging and blood tests, bone scans, biopsies, if you have symptoms or findings that you suggest that your breast cancer might have returned. So, again, if it returned, don't be scared. If it returns, deal with it. If it comes back, find another way to treat it. Because, like I said, individuals have been diagnosed more than once. But we also got to be mindful of our lifestyle. We have to be careful with, with the food that we eat, what we put in our bodies, whether it's alcohol and drugs, 
exercising, diet, all of that is important. And also if it's hereditary. Some individuals, it could be hereditary, meaning that they've had family members that have had cancer. And that's, I know what it is in my family. We've had quite a few people that have passed away from some type of cancer. Now, again, if you want to call in, we only have about three minutes left on the show. You can give us a call at 516-387-1914. And, you know, and a lot of times we don't hear about these things until we hear about it from a movie star or someone in the entertainment business, you know. But we have people in our own communities, in our homes, that are getting sick, that are dying of these things. And we have to do a better job with taking care of ourselves. We really do. I know that there's a lot of trust issues that individuals don't trust doctors. And um, and you said DNA is, yeah, DNA is. And it's sad, especially when you start talking about cancers and diabetes and, you know, heart disease. It's so much stuff that we really, all we can do is take care of ourselves because it's been passed off from generation to generation to generation. Thank you, Gilda. You said very educational for you. Thank you. Not a problem, Gilda. Because a lot of times people, we ignore these things. We do. And as we age, we want to age gracefully, and we want to make sure we start taking care of ourselves so that we can live longer. I tell people, my goal is to live past 59. I am going to live longer than my mama did. That has been my goal. If I make it to 60, I still don't plan on going nowhere, but I got to pass 59. So take care of yourself. Live and start a legacy. Now, I want to talk about, and I talked about um, some of the guilt and overcoming the guilt, but just recognize how you are feeling when you have these guilt. And like I said, it just wasn't your time. Don't feel bad about the survivor's guilt, but get you some help. Find you someone to talk to. There are support groups out there that can help you get through this important time of your life. Now, I'm looking at something, and it talks about strategies to overcome cancer survivor's guilt. And one of the things it says, you've gotten through the disease that terrifies most individuals. Pat yourself on the back for your strength and your accomplishment. You can make a list of the changes that the cancer has brought in your life, good and the bad. Like I said, the cancer can do a lot of different things. It can... You know, people have, sometimes it can affect individuals financially because they have to take off from work. Sometimes it can have an impact on their relationships and their marriage because sometimes the other spouse may not know what to do, how to support the other person, especially if they have to have the breast removed or if they have they lost their hair, you know, because sometimes individuals have a hard time with that. But you want to make sure that you are... And also, you want to make sure that you talk about your feelings. Just talk about it. Don't assume that all cancer survivors will be the best listeners or may even want to talk about this because sometimes they don't. Sometimes they want to stuff it. Sometimes they may not even want to say anything about it. But if they say sharing is caring, if you have a testimony, share your testimony so that other people will know that you was able to get through this because that gives them hope. It really does. Now, I only have 33 seconds left on the show. And, again, I made it. 
even though I didn't blow my nose that much. But <clears throat> I want to thank you for joining me here at Perfect Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, tomorrow is no, Tuesday is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch. And tomorrow's topic is God help my unbelief. There are a lot of individuals that are struggling with unbelief. And we also have to learn how to forgive ourselves if we are stopped believing. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in the day-to-day hustles and bustles of life, we start getting caught up with, should I believe? Should I not believe? Where's God? Why are these things happening? So I'm going to be talking about God, please help me with my unbelief, as well as focusing on forgiving yourself. So that will be tomorrow at 11.30 at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And this is doggone shame that I get all of this, and this thing still has not posted. So I will be posting late onto Facebook. So if you are not available to listen to the show live, you can click on the show at any time to listen to it in demand because the shows have, they were, they were recorded now. So, and if you have any topics that you want me to discuss, give me a call, inbox me, text me. I'm easy to find. If you want to call my office, my office number is 714-992-1677. If there's anything that you want me to talk about, or if you even want to be a guest on the show and talk about something that's even going on in your community. I know that they're going to be having a snow thing in Compton, so come on, Compton residents. Let's get together. Let's help Artie. Artie seems like he's putting in a lot of work with trying to bring Christmas concept, so I know i got to make my donation, too, and I will do so. So let's support one another. Let's help each other as we are trying to do things to improve our community and improve our lives. And you say men are wearing dresses as earth in this. Okay, we can talk about that, too. If you want to talk about that, Benny, we can talk about that. So just let me know. Again, my name is Jeanette Abney, and I am the host of Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio as well as a licensed marital family therapist. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.